on his microphone. There I am. <laughs> it is I, the underground professor. Are you ready for a miracle? We are gladly broadcasting finally high atop a double rainbow as we gaily swing our feet and it's arching over the North Texas's liberal conservative studies hermitage. Yes, I have at least four dogs in here driving me crazy. <laughs> it's been it's been something. Went out trick or treat costume shopping today at um, uh, for uh, my girlfriend's daughters and her brother and so we have been doing that it seemed like we were in the store for about three days I'm guessing could have been a little shorter than three days but it sure felt like it went and ate at payway and then we went over to uh, 
do shopping and uh, and oh my goodness, oh my legs are sore. And then it dawned on me that I had not figured out what I'm going to talk about on my show, and I don't remember what I told everybody I was going to talk about on the last one. The good news, that's the bad news. The good news is I never do. So we're right where we normally are. Um, Winston is doing well. Yes, he is not only uh, doing well uh, and sprung back from his car wreck, but the idiot seems to have forgotten that it happened to him because I caught him yesterday out in the street again, and I still cannot figure out where they're getting out. The Vasqueros that keep their horses on my property fixed the fence that I thought they were getting out, and they did a really good job on it, by the way, at, uh, so I'm very glad for that. But So I told them, that's it. They're just going to have to replace all the fence out there and, and see. Um, what is uh, going on? And um, and yes, Mary, I said girlfriend. She may not call me a boyfriend. I just uh, uh, a girl that I go, I go out with. You know, the girl that I take out to eat and stuff. Uh, she she may not be thinking me as a boyfriend <laughs> yet. But since I don't have any women in my life uh, that I date, I call her my girlfriend. And instead of Alex uh, Alexa. Alexa has been my hard and fast girlfriend for the past couple of years. Uh, from Amazon, Echo, you know, Alexa. She uh, is the one I talk to and reminds me of my appointments and what it's going to be like outside and weather and junk. Gives me news updates. And chooses what music I'm going to listen to. So Alexa's been my girlfriend for the last couple of years. But I, I've met another young lady that is, uh, she's a lot of fun. I like her. She's uh, spunky, and and uh, her insatiable appetite for knowledge is what I find sexiest about her. She likes learning, and I like teaching. So there you go, kismet. Uh, uh, I I think so. She's kind of uh, good politics. I'm being asked. I think so. She doesn't like Trump or Hillary. <laughs> so she's just a. Uh, She's a lot like me. Uh, um, I'm not sure if she'll vote for Trump over Hillary or not, but we haven't gotten that far. But um, I am in a crisis here. My HDMI cable, I guess, died. I can't get my big screen to work, and I can't put all the stuff I normally look at up there. So uh, the chat room, just know that I'll be I'll be doing some time with the chat room on that. Um, and I won't be able I, I'm having a hard time seeing the chat rooms and stuff. But anyway, I don't want you guys to think I'm ignoring you and uh, and all that. There we go. Okay, I fixed the Periscope chat room. Now I can see it. Uh, and uh, I had it blocked, evidently. And don't ask her who she's voting for. I'm probably not going to. <laughs> seeing as how I'm far and few between on girlfriends, I think I'm going to let it ride. <laughs> not worry about it. Mm. Uh, she likes my dogs and my dogs like her and that that's the important test right if your dogs don't like the people you're seeing then don't see them they're not worth it and, uh, so where are we Ugh. the debates have been interesting of course uh, everybody seems to think that Mike Pence won the debate with uh the Republican vice presidential debate. And 
I can see that. I, I, I found it so annoying listening to Kane interrupt, and it's just like it is with me. Whenever I get around Democrats, uh, these progtards can't let you finish a thought. It's like they have this instinct, and they know this guy will destroy my paradigm. This guy can use logic, and I can't argue logic. I can only argue emotions. And so they instinctually know that they can't allow you to finish a sentence. So they interrupt you because that's the only argument they have is interruption. They can't win an audience based on facts. They can't win an audience based on logic. So they have to sway you with emotion. And so what they do is they swamp you and get you mad for being interrupted all the time and off your game. And I'm glad to see that it didn't work very well on Mike Pence. He wasn't really able to articulate a whole lot because of the interruptions and and uh, and the good news there is is that when uh, Kane got tired of interrupting Pence, the moderator stepped up for Kim Kane and 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 interrupted for him to make sure that uh, the interruptions were consistent. That just shows you that the left is afraid of us, and they know that they have something to fear. Logic is on our side if you're conservative. I don't know that Trump is, but Pence is. And conservatism is about truth, not about making facts fit your desires. Conservatism is about logic instead of emotions. It might make you feel better to make me pay for someone else's welfare, but it really doesn't help that person out. And it doesn't help you out. And you've done nothing except steal from me. And it doesn't help me out. And, and this, this problem with progressivism is that it really isn't about helping people. That's just a disguise. That's a front to woo people in, to make them feel good about what they're doing to other people, to justify the ends justifying the means. Where in truth, if they actually wanted to help these people, they would all become conservatives and they would help get these people, their lives repaired, get them jobs, get them their self-respect and dignity back. Instead of shoveling them just enough money to get by, just enough benefits so that they'll be voted for. Instead of helping them to live their own lives free of government intrusion. Sadly. So, yes, I'm not sure that I heard anything come out of Tim Kaine that hasn't been debunked, that hasn't been refuted, or isn't out of date. And, and, and I don't know why people glom on to these things. I don't know what grabs people and says, this is great. You know, I, I went to this debate prepared to come and tell you guys, like probably every other host, how we wish these two were the ones running for president and that Hillary and Trump would be the vice presidents. I planned on saying that tonight the vice presidential debates are the night that the adults debate. Well, I was wrong. Yep. I was wrong. It was uh, embarrassing for the country, I think, to see what 
went, has gone on in these last two debates. Embarrassing. And, and that goes for Trump, too, and Hillary and Kane. All three of them are an embarrassment to this country with, with these debates and things. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. There is so much information that an eighth grader should be able to win a debate against Hillary. Come here. All right. Come on. Hold on, baby. Hold on, guys. Come on. This is Uso. You can walk by Uso. You can't walk by a thing. Come on. Let's go. All right. Let's go. There we go. Okay. Sir Hendon is not doing good. He's been kind of crying today. I think he's he's sad. He's got the sad least. All right. So here we go. Put up here. Put your paws up. Sit up there. Yeah. At uh, I don't think it would have taken much to debate Hillary. And my God, how how much prep do you have to do? Her, her entire life has been going from one scandal to another in the newspapers. So it would not be very hard to do due diligence to prepare yourself against um, against Hillary, right? I mean, how hard could that actually be? Whenever she would talk about, like, say, Trump being a racist, I I was like, I was like, listen, that's great English, isn't it? I would be, I'd be like, bring up the black predators. You know, you, I mean, you're calling me. Uh, uh, racist, Hillary? That's rich, considering that you called all black males super predators, and that you were afraid of them, and you needed them all to be incarcerated. I mean, you know, that, that's a long quote, by the way. It's not a pretty quote. It's a very racist quote. And and so I don't understand why she wasn't destroyed by Trump, unless it's true that Trump didn't prepare that Trump did not do his research and did not take it seriously. He thought this would be like the Republican debate where the media would fawn all over him and give him all the, the breaks at the expense of all the conservatives debating him. But it wasn't that way. The media doesn't love Trump. The media loved Trump when Trump was destroying conservatives, but they don't love him because of who he is. And, you know, if Trump, and, I, and I'll say this again, if Trump chose to be a Democrat candidate, then the media would have found nothing wrong with anything he's ever said or done. He's never been called a racist in his life until, the, until he became a Republican candidate. And all of a sudden, he was instantly racist. And he's being called that by experts in racism, the people who actually are racist in this country, the Democrat Party. So they should know. But the... I don't know. I, I, I don't get how we can have a country just so unplugged and, and ignorant when it comes to these things. There is no reason. Hillary got upset that she's not 50 points ahead in the poll. I don't know how Hillary is even it's in any statistical matter uh, relevant in the polls. How could you, how could you honestly want somebody that every week is involved in a new scandal. Even if half of them weren't true, half is enough. Even if 1% were only true, isn't that enough? The fact that they were poor and now they're rich, well, what did they do? The only thing they had to sell was influence. 
the pay-to-play scandals, the suicide scandals, all the deaths that are linked to them, Benghazi. Oh, my God. I mean, I could spend a two-hour show, and if all I did was list scandals, I could not get through all of Hillary's scandals. I couldn't, just by listing them. That's how bloody many there are. And that's incredible to me, that you guys would ever even consider one iota of paying attention to her, let alone voting for her, let alone letting her have the nuclear football or control of the Treasury Department and whatnot. Oh, I bet she can't wait for that. I mean, for God's sakes, when they lost the election, when they were done serving their two terms, they stole from the American people at the White House. They took artifacts and treasures and history. And if that wasn't bad enough, like little high schoolers, they decided to steal all the W buttons on all of the keyboards because W. Bush was going into office. Now, that might sound kind of funny until you find out that it was like $130,000 worth of damage that they did, and we had to replace that, and taxpayers had to pay for it. More likely, we borrowed the money from China to pay for it, but we think that's cute. She lies about everything, about being on the team that brought down bin Laden. Well, she was no more on the team than I was. No more on the team than I was. SEAL Team 6 did it, not her. Her fat ass sat in a chair and stared at a TV screen and hoped to God that they would not have political fallout for it. Her great risk was that they may have to answer to the American people if it failed. The great risk of SEAL Team 6 was getting killed. Or, or little did they know, the real risk to SEAL Team 6 wasn't uh, Osama bin Laden and his men. It was the president selling them out so that they would all be killed. Extortion 17, hunting down SEAL Team 6. Not a guy is alive that brought down Osama bin Laden. We killed them all because Obama gave them to the Imams, to the Caliphs, to the ragheads as an homage, as a, as a present, as an apology for us killing Osama bin Laden, which I'm pretty sure he would never have done if he thought he could have got away with not doing it. Valerie Jarrett stopped it several times, but it had to be done. And I think it was because of Leon Panetta, not because of Hillary Clinton, not because of Valerie Jarrett, and not because of Huma or Obama. I think Leon Panetta pulled the plug on it because he knew it was right for the country, and he put it above politics. And I'm no big Leon Panetta fan myself, but he's about the only adult that was in that administration. And look what happened after it. He got shuffled over to a, a different agency, <laughs> and we've never heard of him since, right? So, yeah. Well, why is your head wet? Your head is wet. Hendon's head is like soaping wet. <laughs> Did one of the dogs give you a bath? So I don't know. I, I'm very worried about the politics of this country right now. I'm very worried about the people of this country and what we're allowing, what we're tolerating, what we're accepting. I mean, you've got you've got like the NFL, by the way, viewership is down 15%. 15%. That's a lot, considering that most people thought 
the NFL numbers were rigid. That nothing they could do would lose audience. I haven't watched anything but cowboy games, and the only cowboy games I've watched, I fast-forwarded through all the commercials. It's in the toilet. Yeah, exactly, Mary. I fast-forward through all the commercials so they don't get any credit for it. We have, we have idiots. Now, I want to ask you this. It should be illegal in my book. It should be illegal to be paid $13 million a year or whatever Crappernick gets paid, right? million, dollars a year to play football. That should be illegal. I mean, if you want to talk about CEOs making lots of money, you know, I mean, there's just no reason people in Hollywood and football and other sports are making that kind of money. But let's say that it's justified. I want to ask you this. How in the world can you be smart enough to make $13 million a year, and yet in your brain – You want to protest the Star-Spangled Banner because it's racist, and you vote for Hillary Clinton, who is racist, and you vote for Democrats, who are racist, who – I mean, you think, way long ago in the 1800s, it was responsible for mentioning slavery and that slaves would switch party, and and they, they ran away and joined the British to fight the Americans in hopes of earning their freedom. An admirable thing. I don't have no problem with that. But they did not win. And that was being celebrated in the song. That Americans stood tough. And there's nothing wrong with celebrating that either. But you think that you can earn $13 million a year because you're so smart. And yet you think that that is so racist you can't support it when it's played. But you can vote for the Democrat Party, which basically created slavery in this country, propagated slavery, kept it going, violated the Constitution, which would have gotten rid of slavery. And then when we had uh, Republicans had to go kick their asses and, and punish them for it, then they created the Ku Klux Klan. They, the Democrats, created the Jim Crow laws. They fought against every civil rights initiative the Republican Party tried to pass, or they got them watered down or stopped. They are the ones who lynched black people and Republicans who came down here to help black people get registered. But can you be a Republican? Oh, hell no, because they're racist, right? But not the Democrat Party. It had no history of racism whatsoever, does it? If you can't stand to honor the military of this country, And that's what that song honors, the military of this country and the fact that we have always stood fast and stood at the door to protect you, to fight against the wolves in the middle of the night. We are the thing that the things that go bump in the night are afraid of. That's what we were doing. That's what that song honors. And you can't stand and honor that because of slavery, but you vote for the Democrat Party. Now, I want to know, how can you be that stupid? Because that's not ignorance. That's stupidity. Those aren't secrets that I just said. Every friggin' person should know all about the history of this country if you've gone through school. And this man purportedly has a college degree. 
He's making $13 million a year, even if he is that friggin' ignorant. He can pay people a handsome salary to teach him instead of to go buy drugs or to, or to be yes-men or to put spinning wheels on their cars or, or gold teeth or whatever they're buying. How about you pay for somebody to educate you? Robert, you come to this show, Crapper Nick, and, and learn. I want to know how you can earn $13 million a year and be that stupid. I just don't understand it. But it's not just Crappernick. This is happening all across the country. This is happening all across the black sphere of America. And I, again, I don't get it. I don't get it. Because history is on our side. And why are we allowing history to be surrendered to the Democrat Party? I, I don't get that either. I don't get how you can sit in a debate with Hillary Clinton or with Cain and allow them to make comments about racism against us as Republicans without clarifying it. It doesn't take a whole lot. Crapper Dick's a high-priced snowflake. <laughs> oh, maybe. How hard is it to know the truth? Well, it's not hard at all. What I don't understand is where in the hell are the people in the Republican Party that will are willing to articulate it? It's like you're so afraid of being called a racist that you won't even bring up history. You won't bring up the facts. You won't talk about what really has happened in our country and who did the actual racism. And, and that is another thing that I just don't understand as a professor – as a citizen, as a human being of the human race, the only race I recognize. I don't get it. And it's not like these things, again, are hard to go and find. Backpage.com CEO uh, has been charged with being a pimp. The CEO of Backpage.com has been charged with being a pimp in California because of the sex ads that run in, in their, on their website. Oh, God. I don't know what's more crazy. The fact that it's news that Ted Cruz was caught doing phone banking for Donald Trump. Yeah, he was sitting there on a phone bank making robocalls, I guess, for people to support Donald Trump. And that's news. Uh, and, and then we have the Democrats in California charging their fellow Democrats, which run Backpage, as being pimps. <laughs> I find that's kind of interesting. The country, the, the state that has allowed marijuana, and and I'd be surprised if they don't legalize prostitution. That uh, I'm surprised that they haven't actually on that. Uh, I don't get. And you're right. They have something to hide or gain. Um, oh, gosh, I forgot who said that now. Um, who was that? Uh, JoJo. Yes. JoJo is right. They have something to hide and gain. But what I don't get is why normal human beings don't understand this game, that they don't see that, that the Democrats are lying to them and, and defying them and, and giving them false history to to fall into. I mean <clears> – <throat> 
honestly, if 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 Crappernick and all of these blacks that are taking a knee during our Star Spangled Banner, if they had integrity, if they really believed what they were saying, and I see this is something I don't believe that they believe it. I believe they're looking for 15 minutes of fame. I believe that this is what they're trying to get, and that they're using their skin color to get an advantage. I believe Kraepernick started all of this because he was a has-been, third-string quarterback about to be fired, and he knew it. And to protect his job, he did, he did this, because then that would be what it was all about if they fired him. And so he did this to protect his job. But if they had integrity, then they would quit being Democrats. If this song bothers them so much, and it is such an, an example of racism and inequality in America today, and, and trust me, most Americans don't even know the first stanza of the Star Spangled Banner. I'm pretty sure they don't know the fourth, and that's the one they're all complaining about, the fourth stanza. Rarely played, rarely heard in America anywhere. But that's enough for them to cause a, a, a protest. Cornell just had girls do it. <laughs> well, see, we're having that in, in Texas schools. Texas schools where you can still learn history here, right? And we have black kids doing it, but it's causing a backlash here. Let me tell you what. When, a, when like the volleyball girl that just did it the other day, took a knee, that place went ape crap on her. They booed her. People walked out of the game. Uh, we're not taking that crap laying down in Texas. And they're trying. They're trying to glom on to the 15 minutes of fame that other people have done. And they think that this is going to be cool, that they'll do this, and they'll be superheroes because, look, they took a knee. They showed disrespect to the military and to our country's history. And and they're going to be famous for it. Now, now they're pariahs, and now they're worried because they're getting flamed on Facebook, and, and they're getting very nasty messages from people. And I don't condone that, by the way. You know, just call the person an idiot and move on. But don't make threats. Don't do those things because that's that's a violation. Uh, but let me tell you what. This isn't a First Amendment issue, okay? Let me tell you why it's not a First Amendment issue. Uh, first off, it has nothing to do with the government, all right? These people work for a private organization, a company called the NFL. They work for people who own those teams, like Callous Cowboys, Jerry Jones. It's about respect and disrespect. You're exactly right. And they are not having their first amendment. If Jerry Jones says, you will not take a knee, you will stand up, you will sing every verse, and you will sing it loud enough for everybody to hear, that is not a violation of the First Amendment rights. Why? Because your First Amendment rights can only be violated by one thing. What does the Constitution say, people? What does the Bill of Rights say? What does Article 1 say? Bill of Rights, Amendment 1, Congress shall make no law. Is the amendment about you and me? Is it about the NFL? Is it about racism? No. The amendment is about Congress. Your rights cannot be suppressed by Congress. The NFL can do it. Plain and simple. They're a private organization. You don't like it? Join the NBA. Go play baseball. Pick up that round ball and go play soccer, for God's sake. Put on a dress and play soccer. I don't care. But if you don't like the rules, quit. 
Your First Amendment rights are not at issue. And this is therefore not a First Amendment issue, and it is not about you having freedom of speech. What you are doing is disrespecting the military. What you are doing is disrespecting the history of this country, which has always been moving forward to a more perfect union. Not a perfect one, a more perfect one. One that's better than the yesterday. And until the progressives of the 1920s came over under the guise of the Fabian Socialists, then we started taking steps back instead of steps forward. Woodrow Wilson and, and Roosevelt, both of them, Teddy being the biggest progressive of all time, they made us take steps back. Both political parties had progressives in them. This is not about the First Amendment. It's not about freedom of speech, pure and simple. Do you honestly think anything can be fixed about the inequality of the races in this country by taking a knee, by a $13 million a year player taking a knee, carrying a song? No. It's not going to fix race relations. What are you going to do? You're going to get a whole lot of black people start doing things because they're black, and doing things like this because they're racists and they don't like white people. So they're going to do it. And you're going to have a lot of white people. The only people who can fix this problem in this country, if there's inequality, and I don't say there is or isn't, but let's say there is, it isn't going to get fixed by black people. Nothing in this country has ever been fixed by black people. Racism has not been fixed by black people. Slavery was not fixed by black people. Jim Crow was not fixed by black people. It was fixed by white people, specifically white Republican people and some Democrats that were sick and fed up with the way white Democrats were treating black people in this country. What? Yes, I won't forget. And this was fixed by white people. And if you go and you create situations where you're pissing off white people, then why should we go bother to fix this? You disrespect me as a military man. I'm not really that big a deal on your side anymore. I don't care about your issue. You, you violated me now. And and if you start these groups that are running around creating mayhem, rioting, raping, breaking things, stealing things, burning things, turning over cars and stuff, destroying your neighborhoods, then don't turn around and ask white people to build them back again. Live in the crap you destroyed. And And, and, and I don't understand... George Soros is behind all of this. You are absolutely right, Jojo. Don't ask us to fix it. Don't ask us to pay for it. Don't ask us to repair for it. Let you, you guys do it. It's your problem. All right? You make seven layers of tissue who you are, your organ. I mean, skin color is an organ, right? Your skin is the largest organ in your body. And when you make your organs the defining factor of your life, instead of the noodle up here, the gray matter, the little gray cells, then, then you're not doing this for equality. You're doing this for something else. And these are race riots. That's right. I remember the ones in the 70s, the race riots that we had. wasn't pretty. 60s, too. I just don't remember those too well, but the 70s I do, Watts and all that crap. I didn't fix anything. Nothing got better. 
what what happened was the Democrats figured out a way to to yeah, Detroit. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's right. At, uh, and it's that way again. I mean, now with the Muslims up there, it looks like a third world country. Um, looks like Hiroshima after we bombed it. There is a TV show. Tell me this. Explain me this, peoples. What time is it? An hour and 23 minutes. It is 7.37. Okay. So I have, okay, at 8 o'clock I have, by the way, I do a simulcast with Ken McClinton. Uh, don't let me forget that, Mary. Uh, there is a TV show. I want you to, to splan me something. It's called Chicago PD, which I assume means police department. Are you for real? There's a TV show about Chicago Police Department, and it's evidently an important TV show. A lot of people like it. It's very big. Excuse me. So my question is this. Does that show, and I've never seen it, ever. I saw an advertisement for it, and I went, oh, that's weird. I wonder when that started. Uh, They have... The heart of Chicago PD has been shot. And oh my gosh, we're, you know, now everybody's all worried. So I don't know if you watch it or not and if that's as important to you, but the chick who runs the Chicago PD is shot uh, somehow and in the hospital. Okay. Do we find it entertaining to watch a TV show about Chicago cops when in reality a black person gets killed every Two minutes in Chicago. That's how many people are dying in Chicago. Every two minutes, another black man is shot. I don't know if they're killed, but they're shot every two minutes. Is that in that TV show? Maybe the Chicago cops should watch it and pick up some pointers on how to solve crime, because they can do it in 58 minutes. So, but Chicago cops can't solve this. They have the most the highest level of unsolved crime. I thought it was Washington, D.C. or New York City. No, Chicago has the largest unsolved crimes in America, followed by Washington and New York. And it's racist crime. It's black people shooting black people. Is that not racist? They're picking on them because they're blacks. They are picking on them because they have black skin and they know that it is unlikely that there will be enough in the budget or anybody to care to solve those crimes. So they have a better chance of surviving the crimes they commit if they do it against their fellow blacks. Plus, they're lazy. It's easier. You want to go out and, and do crime on white people, you either have to go downtown where all the cops are during the day, or you have to go out in the middle of the suburbs and, and, and you got to bus out to where all the white people live because they don't live downtown anymore. All the white people have left the cities of Chicago and Detroit and elsewhere. They've left the big cities for safety of the suburbs. And that takes a lot of effort to get in there. And now you're in a place where there's all white people and you're sticking out like a sore thumb being black. You know, uh, you're like, you're be looking out for Zimmerman or something, keeping an eye on you. So what do you do? Well, it's a lot easier just to pick on the fellow people that live in your neighborhood. They may have something to take, so you take it. Why? Because you're entitled to it? No. But you certainly think you are. There are no bigger racists in this country than black people. 
that attack fellow black people because they're black. And yet we would never in this country think that that's racist. Black people can't be racist. They're black. They have no power. Only white people can be racist. Have you ever heard that? That's what a stinker idea that is. Don't forget to click on the follow buttons and everything, by the way. Tell your friends and enemies about the show. Where is the outrage? Exactly right, Tsarina. Mary says, where are they? This is damaging race relations. It certainly is. Let me tell you what's happening. White people were ready and prepared to take, for the most part, I mean, you still have these racist Democrat white people in the country, right? But most of us were more than ready. What? Okay. Go ahead. Wait a second. I got to What? Uh-huh. Yeah. What else? Uh-huh. Is that it? Okay. Good. All right. I don't want to tell that on the air. This is a family show. Yeah. I can't say that joke. I'm sorry. He was telling me a joke. So, for the most part, I was raised by racist white Southern people, right? Who refused to pass that on to me. They were like, they grew up in the racist South, and they said, no, this will not be for our children. My brother, sister, and I were raised without any racism in our lives. And we did the same for our children. You keep losing the connection? Oh, no. Click on the follow button so you can find it easier. <laughs> but, uh, uh, for some reason, Periscope keeps doing that to people, psyching them off. I don't think they like my show, to tell you the truth. <laughs> but, uh, and we did the same with our kids. But, you know, what? I, I talked to some young kids the other day, and they're young kids, college kids, and they were telling me that they're frustrated because it has gotten to the point now where they want to be racist because – the black people they go to school with want segregation. I mean, you know, Martin Luther King's time, they fought against segregation. We fought against segregation. My heroes, people like um, Charlton Heston, okay? Charlton Heston, the president of the NRA, marched with Martin Luther King arm in arm. They had their arms hooked together. Go look at the pictures of the March on Selma. He, he marched for civil rights for the equality of black people from the Democrat Party, not from the Republican Party, not for the country, but from, thank you, the, Repu- the Democrat Party. Why would the president of the NRA do that? Well, the NRA was formed because of military people coming back from war. And we wanted an organization that made sure we protected the rights of us to keep our weapons. And we looked around and we noticed the black people, they were, they were creating gun laws, the first gun laws in America. You hear about all this gun violence and crap and the gun laws and stuff, and we need more. That's code, people. The first ones were created by the Democrat parties, and they were created to take guns away from black people so black people couldn't defend themselves against the tyranny of the Democrats in their neighborhoods. That's right. The people on Fridays would get in their station wagons Cops, doctors, lawyers, ice cream vendors would haul hop in these cars with their guns and go through black neighborhoods and start shooting, hoping to hit black people. You don't think I'm being honest? Then, uh, <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what. You are like 500 pounds. I can't hold you anymore. I'm going to put you down, buddy. Oh, there you go. Come down here. But, uh, uh, and so what happened? The NRA which is comprised mostly of white veterans, not of any particular political party, mind you, uh, but veterans, 
And they said, this is wrong that the black people can't even defend themselves down there. So we started pushing for black people's gun rights. That's what the NRA did. Go back and look at my shows that I have. And they're, they're primers, and they'll be called like Negroes with Guns and stuff like that. I talked about that. That's a great book. You'd be shocked to find out about what's all in that book. Um, but we talked about what the NRA did. The NRA bought guns, bought them, paid for them, went down to places like Mississippi, and gave them to black leaders, leaders, you know, church leaders, anybody that was willing to step up and do their thing. There's a YouTube video on that too, Mary says. And we trained them how to use those weapons. A lot of them were black GIs from World War II. They knew how to use them. We got them their weapons. We got them their ammo. We trained them. We, we got them brought up to speed so they could learn how to shoot and protect themselves. And then when the Democrat whiteies would come roaring through their neighborhoods, they could shoot back. And they created defense barriers and prevented the, Democrat, the Democrats from coming in their neighborhoods and killing them, shooting at them for fun. And there was nothing they could do legally. Half the time, the cops were with them, the Democrat police. But there were whites and blacks side by side, Republican whites from the NRA. And now they say the NRA is racist, right? <laughs> now, why? Because the NRA is pushing for their rights to have guns to protect themselves against the hoodlums and racists in the black community that are killing the people, the lawlessness of the black community. Well, there's still law-abiding people that are black, and they need, they have the right to defend themselves. And they need the weapons and the training to do so, and the support. You can't just stand out there all on your own and do these things because you get picked off. But if you have a support group behind you, and that's what the NRA is offering, always has, and I hope always will, we want stand and defend. Stand your ground laws have protected more black men and women than any other race. Guess why? Because they can stand and defend themselves. Because black-on-black -black crime is heinous. It is legendary in the number. And the laws that the Democrats passed were that you had to run away. You couldn't stand and fight because that was provocative. So if a bad guy wanted your stuff, you have to give it to him. If a bad guy is chasing you and shooting you, you have to run away. You can't stop, turn around, and aim and go bow and end their lives. That is terrible in the Democrats' viewpoint. What the bad guy's doing is hardly even noticed or mentioned by Democrats. Stand your ground allows you to stand and defend your ground, your personhood, your family, your life, the life that was given to you by the nature's God, the creator who gave you that right when he gave you a soul and he breathed life into you. If cops wanted to kill all blacks, they pass up on the opportunity every, every time they riot. Uh, yeah, see, and then that's another thing about cops being racist and killing blacks. For one thing, most blacks that are killed by cops are killed by black cops, not white cops. Is that racist? Yeah, if they're shooting them because they're black. But I don't think it's racist. I think they're just they're committing all the crimes, and the police are having to respond, and these are the people they have to respond to. Because we're not doing that. Most white people 
aren't doing that. When you break it down on a per capita basis, most blacks are. Half of all blacks have, are, or will be incarcerated. Now, a lot of it's for nonviolent drug offense, and we can argue about that. I, I'm all for reorganizing that and, and freeing up jail space as much as we can for nonviolent drug offenders. Put them in halfway houses. Make them clean up trash. Get them busy so they don't have time to go do drugs and hang out with gangs and stuff. That's another thing. Welfare is a, is a cause of this. It's a root cause, welfare is. Because they have all this free time, we've removed men from the houses, and so they look for a father figure somewhere else, they join gangs, and then they do criminal activity to fund the gangs. In and of itself, it's racist. But none of these problems in our history were fixed by black people. Martin Luther King marched, but he didn't fix anything. The marches on Selma didn't fix anything. What's her name? Rosa Parks getting and sitting in the front of the bus did not fix anything. What it did was it got the attention of white people like me who said, what the hell? Is this really going on? When the black children that the Republican President Eisenhower signed a law, said blacks are going to start going to school with white people, when they tried, the Democrats like George McGovern and these others tried to block it getting and standing in the school steps and saying, segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever, or whatever he said. Yesterday, today, and forever. It was Democrats blocking these black kids from going in. It was Democrats sicking the dogs on the black kids. It was Democrats using fire hoses on the black kids. And it was the television that caught it. And white people like me said, no mas. We're not doing this anymore. You're not doing this anymore. Because this is not humane. Whatever you think of black people, they're still human. And you will treat them that way. I'm not saying that we all were in a black love fest up here. I'm saying we realized that they are human beings and they are deserving of the modicum of respect that all human beings earn for being born. And that they have the same rights from God as I have. And you will obey those rights. You will honor those rights. And that's what we said no more violation to. And so the Democrats had to get very clever on how they did it via the welfare programs and all the other things that they've created to keep them on their plantation. If blacks think there's inequality today, if all these millionaire blacks out there think there's inequality, there is. I don't have a million dollars. I'm, I, I think that you black millionaires should give me some of that money to make things more equal because I can't afford my white privilege and I need some money. There's inequality because there's freedom. We have freedom in this country and we have liberty. And when you have both of those, there will always be inequality, no matter what. Why? Some of us are born with less qualities, less abilities, less physicalities, mental abilities, but that's not all. Some of us are lazy, and we sit on mama's couch in the basement eating Cheetos and playing video games instead of going out and learning and educating and getting big brains like I have and then doing stuff with it. No. We become dependent on others instead. We're lazy. Not all choices are equal. Not all choices are valid. And that's the problem. The left would make you think that truth is relative, that all choices are relative. And just because... You're in a gang in Washington, D.C. 
and you're holding girls to your chest to use as human shields, that that is an equal and valid choice as me getting three PhDs. No, that's not equal. That's not relevant. There's, there is an inequality here. Uh, but I got my education the hard way. I did it by learning, by reading, by going to school, by paying for it, by the way. It wasn't given to me. There's an inequality between my education and 99% of this country's education. Is that unfair? No. I pursued it. I did this in, with, with sacrifices, too. I did not become a football player. I gave up a career as a successful underwear model. <laughs> it could have happened. <laughs> I gave up a lot of choices. I made discrimination choices all along my life. I discriminated against modeling. I discriminated against being a race car driver. I did all kinds of choices that I said, I'm not going down that path. We can't do everything, right? I chose knowledge as my, as my I don't know, opus. My, I chose learning as my drug. That's what I find sexy, knowledge. I love knowledge. And I've excluded all kinds of things. From that, this is why, you know, most people think I'm a hermit and weird and <laughs> and whatnot, and that's okay. Other people are very good with mixing and smoozing and doing politics and stuff, and other people are very good at driving cars. And some people can catch a football or hit a ninety, you know, nine mile per hour baseball, uh, which is amazing to do, by the way. I am on Skype in your listening room. How about that? This may be the end times, everybody. This is, this is, in fact, the end times because I have somebody in my chat room who never listens to my show. And, uh, and this, this, uh, this is, by the way, the underground exceptional Mary bloviating uh, Sean Sackhead. Is, uh, can you hear? Can I hear you? Oh, can let you me put me? on speakers over here. Yeah, can talk to me. Professor, I am just yeah. honored. Can you guys in your Periscope hear him? I'm, I'm seeing if my Periscope people can hear you. Let me know if you can hear him. Talk, Ken. Uh, I'm just thankful to be in your chat room, to, just to be in your presence this evening, sir. It is an tr- extreme honor uh, and sincere joy, sir. Thank you. Yeah. I, I'm listening can you, to yourself. Uh, is there any way you can talk louder? Yeah. I can talk like this. How about that? You've got the biggest mouth in radio. I don't know why we can't hear you. <laughs> so so the uh, the day I pick talking about race, the black guy comes on my show to keep me down. Is this what this call's about? This is what that... No, no. We have a big show coming up in a few minutes. <laughs> what? Oh, I like big, that show. <laughs> yeah, it's New Day Black and Red. Yeah. Yes, sir. It's a great show. It's a wonderful program. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So you're uh, you skyped in. Is this how we're going to do the show, or are you going to call me? No, I'm going to call you uh, be, because uh, you can't hear me, can you? I can. Yeah, I can hear you fine. Everybody can hear you okay now. Everyone can hear me. Okay, great. Yes, then yeah. we'll do it this way. Hopefully, it will work yeah. across the board, uh, and we will have a wonderful, wonderful program. And thank you for 
uh, bringing up Shanice Milton. Uh, yes. Young lady. That, yeah. The one I was referencing. Yeah. That. Uh, I tell you, it's just making me mad lately, Ken. I was thinking about it, and it just angered me. Now, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, the reference I did about the human shield was the Ken McClinton, the exceptional conservative, is on the show with us right now. His daughter, Shanice, was held by a gang member as a human shield to protect him from another scumbucket gang member, both cowards. And that one gang member decided to shoot through her to try and get at the other guy. And all she was doing was coming home from a, a ward city council type meeting where she was a journalist and she was covering it. And she was at a bus stop uh, waiting to go back home. And this is unsolved and, and it's despicable. And the results of the city are that they have passed a law where they will pay criminals not to m- commit crime. And they have passed some kind of ban on uh, those four-wheel motorcycles or whatever, the ATVs, uh, because they rode one. And so that was the response of Washington, D.C., instead of finding these cowards and putting an end to it. But, yeah. Uh, but add anything you want to that, Ken. I just want to say, well, and kudos to the Bowser administration. The mayor and I don't agree on too much, but at least she didn't fund that program that was passed out of the city council. Uh, she broke their back of the funding program, and thus we are not paying right now criminals. Well, let me put it this way. That program uh-huh. didn't go through, but there were a hellacious number of others that did go through. And you might as well say, yeah, criminals are being paid not to be criminals. Uh, just show up and cash your check. Um, right. <laughs> I, I, sincerely, I sincerely adore uh, the NRA. Uh, and if only African-Americans understood the history of the NRA, men and women who went by night into South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, Mississippi, Florida, Texas, Arkansas, by night to deliver arms uh, and in various places uh, in the rural areas teaching uh, those who had not gone through Civil War training, teaching them how to actually Use guns, and I'm talking about there were women, black women, and black men, black women who were left alone because men had to travel many miles uh, to actually do work uh, in the fields of others. So literally, they were the saving grace for many, uh, and especially a lot of people think that you know not it was only just black. Uh, no. White Republicans who were being picked off by cards. They had people's names on a card along with their picture of how they looked, and they would check off the mark of each and every white Republican that they killed uh, in the South. So it, it was across the board. So the NRA was what we would call today Hillary Rodham Clinton. Hillary Rodham Clinton found a way to make certain that guns were trafficked to terrorists Syria, and also in northern Africa, through Benghazi. (laughs) Well, the NRA was was our terrorist arm. They provided the weapons that we needed to protect ourselves against those Democrats from the South who decided uh, that my right uh, to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness was not equivalent to their right. Yeah, somehow there's a difference. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. 
and and many people will be upset because you're talking about this issue, and I applaud you. I wish more white conservatives would talk about this. I sincerely, and I'm you and I are friends, and you know how I feel about that particular thing. So I'm not speaking of no. that reference per se. But by golly, there are so many conservatives who are on radio who who think that this is the issue we shouldn't talk about. Don't talk about that. Oh, talk about everything else, but don't. No, you should be talking about this. If it were not for the NRA, black there would be no Black Lives Matter today. Well, actually, well, there would be, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there would, would be no defense. <laughs> Anything for money. Uh, yep. There would be no modern uh, movement uh, that liberated people. And let me just, one other thing. People think Martin Luther King uh, was the one of the liberators uh, of the civil rights. No, his father, Daddy King, senior, was that conservative who was leading the charge amongst other conservatives uh, him from the pulpit, others from Congress. He was reaching out to those conservatives who stood in the face of Jim Crow in the South. It was he who got the Republicans to come on board and fight the good fight against the Democrats in the U.S. Congress. Daddy, yes. Son got credit, but Daddy did the work. And in fact, when when Dr. Martin Luther King traveled to Atlanta, he understood that he was the younger king, not the elder king. Daddy King did all the speaking, okay? Yeah, the Son groundwork. <laughs> exactly. You, you just be quiet. Yeah. You, you know, you show up and do the pictures and stuff. It was Daddy King who was leading the conservatives and the conservative movement. So I know a lot of conservatives want to hitch their wagon to Dr. Martin Luther King because of the I Have a Dream speech, which he stole from a black Republican who had delivered it at the National Republican Convention eight years earlier. Uh, I know a lot of people want to hitch their wagon to Dr. King, who actually is a very liberal, progressive uh, person who moved towards communism at the very end of his life. I know a lot of conservatives want to, but hitch your wagon to Daddy King because Daddy King was closer uh, to the Arizona Republican senator who had to tell Sun King uh, that no, even if it costs me the presidential election, I will not force Americans to do things by law that they cannot do. Uh, and, and quite frankly, uh, it, it, there are too, too many people who are not doing what you're doing tonight. That's exactly right. They're afraid, Ken. Uh, they're afraid of being called racist. You know, and bringing it up is very dangerous because. You know, the meatheads and trolls, which has been very quiet tonight. I had no trolls, that which surprised me. But, um, they, you know, they come and they attack you without even knowing what you're saying. And they accuse you of yeah. being a racist and, and stuff. And, you know, I know who I am and what I am. And so I don't really care what they think of me. But there yeah. are other people who have sensibilities, and they're worried about it. But, uh, I'm pretty confident that if anybody listens to me for more than three or four minutes, they're going to figure out what I'm actually talking about <laughs> Iggy Mom's, by the way, here. Exactly. At, uh, welcome back, Iggy Mom. Love you, Iggy and, Mom. Love you. Yeah. And we got JoJo, and uh, who else do we got here in the chat room here? We got wow. JoJo and James and a few other people in Periscope. And uh, Listen, so, I miss y'all since I left Blog Talk. <laughs> yeah. 
I do too. You should come back and you should get on Periscope no. so that we can, you know, do joint broadcasting. <laughs> we they do a joint? Uh, yeah, there actually is a thing on Periscope where we can uh, have a split screen with both of us on the same screen, but you know, a little like side cool. by side, like they do on you know, like TV shows. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. Listen, we're about to go over to live SHR Media, uh, and we're doing New Day Black and Red. The Rising Moon, Corruption, Bureaucracy, Usurpation of Power, or Seizure of Freedom, and the Building of Propaganda Towers. Is this the fall of the Founding Fathers? We'll be talking about that tonight on New Day Black and Red. How about that, sir? All right. I didn't hear all that because I was taking a drink of adult beverage, but, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. What, what are we talking about? Yeah, just so everybody knows in Periscope that yeah, the show that we do, the the secret is is that Ken knows what we're talking about and then springs it on me at the last minute. So everything's <laughs> off the top of my head for this show. Uh, That's my job, so, ladies and gentlemen. We are coming live now. Hey, while you're doing the tune-in, I'm going to get more to drink. Like I said, I never come back to Blog Talk Radio, and they were right. But tonight, we're coming live to you from Fort Worth, Dallas, Texas, and also Washington, D.C. It is New Day Black and Red Live! We are not ashamed of the good news of conservatism, for it is the power of liberation, first to the Republicans and to the Socialists. I have with me, via his Blog Talk show, whom I hope will extend it another hour so we can actually get this thing, joint thing, going. None other than my very good friend, my bestest friend, Dr. Michael Jones, the underground professor. Hey! Hey. (laughs) That's the tissues, Tito. I'm going to cry tonight. (laughs) Mary, my bounce is in the chat room. Smooches, love you. Mrs. Biggs is watching via live stream and you stream. We are being carried live on SHR Media and as well High Place Funded Media. And in addition to that, ladies and gentlemen, we will be playing at 2 p.m. I'm sorry, 2 a.m. on the Liberty Channel and Red Nation Rising. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> woo! So glad to have you here tonight. This is big. This is big. If it works, we got a great plan ahead for you. Give me a radio. We'll see what you look like. It's George Washington. <laughs> there you go. George Washington. George Washington. <laughs> That's my olive. Ladies and gentlemen, that is my very good person to right now. Uh, he is none other than the underground professor himself. And I actually listened to his show this week so that we actually learn how to say his his title. It's not the unpleasant professor. It is the underground professor, Michael Jones. Would you all know the, how we're going to kick it off? The unpleasant blind you professor. You all know how we rock this show. Yep. You are not. <laughs> you know how we rock this joint. I want everybody, if you're watching, <laughs> I mess up sometimes. Uh, <laughs> my very good friend. I love this man. 
he loves Mrs. Biggs more. Um, wow. For those who are watching real live, <laughs> live stream, you can actually see the flag of the United States of America. Uh, for those who are watching via Ustream, you can see all the flags behind me. Uh, and a lot of people have asked, where did those flags come from? They actually came from my daughter's uh, grave site. So uh, that's how much she means and they mean to me. Now, we are going to play for your listening pleasure some very lovely kids who would like to talk with you about the most important thing Colin Kaepernick isn't doing beyond playing football. Take it away, kids. Sorry, uh, and I forgot. Some of my dogs took a knee on that. I, I, I apologize, <laughs> Professor. I forgot to do one thing with my wife. I got it every time before I go on the show. I oh. do this. Yeah, don't uh, worry Lord about Jesus, it. I took care I of that. Right now, to bless my wife. <laughs> I bet you did, Lord <laughs> Jesus. Bless my wife and the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. Give her peace, prosperity, and security and strength forevermore. And I ask right now, Father God, you bless me with every word that I say and every thought that I have, that they may be exceptionally acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm wearing my Redskin hat. Yeah, you know, did they win? Uh, yes, they did. The Cowboys won. Let me go. <laughs> I, I need my executive director to bring in my Cowboys hat. I got to yes. wear the cow Because I was thinking... I was thinking before they called that penalty in the second quarter on San Francisco when they were up 14 nothing, and we were about to run away with the game. Uh, I was thinking that the Dallas Cowboys would have lost, but they didn't. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> uh, they... <Yep. laughs> I heard yep. your show. I heard your show, and I thought that you had – not seeing the end of that particular game. Uh, oh, I hadn't at that I time. No, I went and watched it after. Yeah. I went and watched it after the sh- after oh, okay. I did my show. I finished. Yeah. I thought it was a goner. I thought the game was all but over. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Cardiac uh, Cowboys did it again. In- I know. I can't stand them. Uh, congratulations, Zach. Good job. Um I doubt very seriously if he's going to make it to the Super Bowl, but great job, everybody. Uh, good work. Well, I think what happened was God saw in God's stadium, he looked down that little hole that we have in the stadium and saw that Krapernick took a knee. And so he changed the hearts of the pharaohs, or what we call the referees, and he changed their hearts so that they called all kinds of erroneous penalties on, on them for Krapernick's evil deeds. uh, (laughs) Yeah, I think so, too. I I think they've paid a very heavy price uh, for that particular Colin Kaepernick experience. 
it, it's really sad that we have players in the NFL. And I congratulations, Mr. Cromartie from the Indianapolis Colts. Hope you like unemployment the way I do. I was cut from the team <laughs> after he took a knee on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, before I forget, uh, by the way, uh, the NFL has seen 15% reduction in its viewing audience. That's a lot of people. You notice uh, when Tim Tebow took a knee, the uh, NFL actually grew in audience size. Did you know that? When they started exposing Tim Tim Tebow for taking a knee? But when Kaepernick takes a knee, they've lost 15% of their audience. What? Is there a correlation here, I wonder? <laughs> well, I think the correlation is just as simple as how the Cowboys can win a game that they are down 14 points and just going into the second quarter, and it looks like it's all over. And all of a sudden, God peers down through a stadium and says, you know what, interference call, holding call. Yep. Wait a minute, we're on the five-yard line now. You can take it from here. That's right, offsides <laughs> call, <laughs> illegal formation call. <laughs> Not having a penalty in five minutes penalty call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Hey. They were all how do you call outside and nobody moves? How do you do that? <laughs> yeah. There were some bad ones. But you know what? It was it was I thought about that because uh there were quite a few called against the Cowboys too that were wrong. And so they kind of offset, but boy, yeah. there was a couple of those penalties that really changed the game. <laughs> One stop points, you know, for yeah, them, and a, a drive, and another one gave us points. So that, that was a big change. Hey, Ken, I've got somebody I want to introduce you to, yes, and uh, and uh, well, to everyone because I don't think anybody knows this little girl I have with me right now. Um, you know, River got adopted, and she's doing fantastic. She's got a squeaky toy in her own bed, and she's just loved, and she's having a great time. She looks so happy. I got some pictures yesterday from the uh, adoptees of. River song. So DFW Pug, realizing I had a shortage of dogs, talked me into another one. <laughs> At, uh, so I'm back up to six. And this little girl I have with me right now, you can see on Periscope, her name is Olive, A-H-L-I-V-E, pronounced like an olive that you stick in a martini. And uh, But this one is different for me. This is one can see. She's not blind. And she's potty trained, and uh, and this is like like very different for me. I may actually end up adopting this one because she reminds me of Mandy Sue with sight. So yeah. I'm introducing her to everybody. Yeah, we uh, all I, for those of you who don't know, I rescue dogs. I have six, and uh, and two of them are pugs. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh-huh. we're putting Mary to sleep with football wow. and dog talk. I guess we better move on. <laughs> Listen, listen, Olive, we love you and so glad that you have joined the family. And uh, apparently you are one of those power-hungry dogs, too, because you just kicked out Mr. Winston from uh, that position. Mr. Winston yeah, he's not will never have that position. <laughs> <laughs> now, he Poor really Mr. isn't Winston. happy. He was yeah. fighting. <laughs> he fought Mandy Sue for that spot. I yep, think he, actually he uh, Mr. Winston had called. What? 
I, oh, I, thought, no. Mandy, we lose I thought Mandy Sue was turned oh. in. But yeah, Mandy Sue got adopted, uh, but I think I think uh, Winston went on the internet and put her up for adoption. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> He's surprisingly back from his car wreck. You know, he, he was boy, he was in bad shape. He was bloodied up, something fierce, and uh, but they. Uh, I thought that that would be the last time he'd go in the street, and I found him in the street yesterday, uh, out out in the yard and walking wow. down the street, and it just made some out. I was like, "What kind of stupid do you have to be to hit, to hit by a car and go back out there?" But, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mary says that we were boring all of the football talk. Mary says that we were boring all of with the football talk. Uh, yeah, I can't believe it. Well. That's okay. We'll go back to talking about simple things for the girls. <laughs> Mary's my bouncer. If you sit there, you can yeah. see you will be dismissed. I love you, Mary. And Mary is also if, the professor. Uh, if Mary gets upset, all all complaints are sent to Ken McClinton, care of the Exceptional Conservative Show. Uh, BR box BR five four nine, salute. <laughs> Listen, Professor, I love you dearly, yes. and everybody knows if you haven't tuned in before uh, that on Thursday nights at nine p.m. Eastern time, we don't do the exceptional conservative show. We do a very special show, which is probably one of the best shows that's done in America. Uh, among conservative talk show hosts, it's called New Day Black and Red. We've been on the air doing this for about, this is going on three years now. Uh, and the whole idea is to give you both a scriptural as well as a constitutional look at the issues of our day. Uh, and today we're going to take a look at the concept of the fall of the founding fathers and whether we're in that particular fall at the moment. Uh, it's entitled The Rising Moon, Corruption, Bureaucracy, Usurpation of Power, Seizure of Freedom, and the Building of Propaganda Towers. Is this the fall of the Founding Fathers? And, and so, Professor, I, I want to start off tonight um, with... Well, Ken, not I, I see you wearing the cowboy hat, but you know how they say stripes are slimming? I think someone lied to you about that. Yeah. Listen, this is Ken McClinton yeah. at 300 pounds. No, no, not really. Not really 300. 299, thank you. <laughs> yeah. What What did the scale top out at? <laughs> yeah. 298. That thing's broke. I'm about to get a new one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I, I'm not saying you're big, but yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just say that after the uh, fifth hamburger, I should have pulled away from the table. Well, <laughs> when your belly button has cellulite, it might be time to push away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my belly button did call Jimmy Craig. Uh, I was offended. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but... <laughs> so, uh, did you hear oh, that Chris Christie? You know, Krispy Kreme? 
Have you heard that his yeah. aide has taken back his comment that Christie flat out lied about it? That that you know. So now, now maybe Christie was telling the truth and the aide was lying. Who knows <laughs> what's going on there? That that's a saga that, oh, yeah. that keeps on giving. Yeah. Evidently. Oh gee, I I think uh, <clears throat> Chris Christie will enjoy uh, his uh, final moments as governor. Uh, is he going to run again? For Governor of New Jersey. Oh, I doubt it. He's probably going to get a Trump administration post yeah. if Trump wins. That'll be his exit from New Jersey politics. Yeah, that's my bet. My God. Yeah. What would, what would and you know your buddy General Ted Cruz? Chris, Chris. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's what he wants, but I don't know if that's what he'll get. They'll probably give him Secretary of Food or something. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> The food lunch program. You're in charge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the food lunch. Yeah, since Michelle Obama's leaving, they'll, they'll put him as the food lunch czar arena or something out there. He'll make, make Chris Christie that. Um, you know your buddy Ted Cruz is in trouble again. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, I know. Yeah. Yep, he uh, has been caught doing phone banking for Donald Trump. And social media has been ripping them apart for that. And, uh, <laughs> the next traffic czar. Yeah, he'll be in, he'll be in charge of all bridges. <laughs> My dog does not talk. This one doesn't. <laughs> the one that talks is on the floor right now. I'm being asked if if if, if uh, Olive talks. She doesn't talk, um, but uh, but. Uh, Hendon does, and he's sleeping at my feet right now, so I hate to get him up. But, uh, yeah, bridges and tunnels, that's right. He even could get a job up in Washington for that bridge that goes nowhere, or your train that goes nowhere. Maybe he could be in charge of that, too. The train so, uh, Exactly. Yeah. He should be put in charge of that. Yep. <laughs> well, and another all, interesting I fact Mary. I saw was that uh, yeah. California – has filed charges against the CEO of Backpage.com as a pimp. <laughs> I kid you not, because of their ads, you know, the uh, sex ads they have on the back on the back page. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I bet you, I bet you, they would throw those out uh, because of the discovery <laughs> on Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah. Be a client? Yeah. I just, I just wonder sometimes. Uh, uh, yeah, Craigslist at least they they got rid of it. The open stuff. Um, Backpage has still got it. I I just don't understand what our government really cares about that. I mean, look, they the government, i.e. the Democrats, tell us that women have a right to choose, right? That they have. Free choice or whatever they what do they call that? Uh, tell me what they call it, Ken. Yeah, they call it choice. Yeah, you have choice. So, so they can choose to murder a baby in their womb, but they can't charge. They can't choose to charge you know a hundred bucks or twenty bucks or whatever uh, sex is worth. Uh, they can't charge for that. I don't. I don't know why not. No, no you can't. No, you can't use American currency for that. What you have to do is make certain uh-huh. that the guy you're hanging with uh, uses his currency to pay for your phone bill or take you right. out to dinner. And that well, that's a sugar exchange. baby. That's not yeah, sugar baby's different from a prostitute. 
that uh, they're exactly. higher up on the food chain. Exactly. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a sugar baby either. As you know, I tell you what. After my marriage, I'm thinking it's cheaper to to do uh, to do this, you know. Uh, but but beside the ethical or moral part, and that's that's between God and us, right? That's not between our government. What's our government got to do? I've read the Constitution, and I can't find anything in the Constitution that says that we don't have a right to our labor. In fact, our country was formed on the basis that you have a right to labor, yours, and you have a right to profit off it. And if you get a woman pregnant from sex, she goes into labor, i.e. she should be paid for that, right? Well, yeah, well, yeah, well. Huh? huh? Uh, they didn't uh, distinguish what kind of labor. Well, uh, uh, well get, guess what? We have to go to a break right here. <laughs> oh, she's she's in the next room, isn't she? PT, I can't believe you would let your husband bring this kind of subject up on our show. This is a family show. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Unbelievable. <laughs> No wonder, we'll be right no back wonder she's moving down here with me. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> you are listening to New Day Black and Red. When we come back, we're going to get into the topic of the rising moon, corruption, bureaucracy, usurpation, uh, uh, a whole lot of stuff, uh, power, uh, <laughs> and as well, uh, seizure freedom and the building of propaganda towers. Are we looking at the fall of the founding fathers? And for a lot of us, we would say, amen, yes, that's true. We'll be right back uh, with more right after <laughs> these messages. I believe in conservation of our country. Green programs are really communist programs. They're they're not designed to save our economy. They're designed to attack capitalism. And we'll talk about that more when we can. I'm on a commercial. I got to listen to that. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
are pretty good. Swimmers, I can't wear. They hurt my feet too much. I mean, to the point where my feet hurt so badly where I can't even walk. Um, so I was so happy whenever I was contacted to um, review the new dogs. I love these dogs. I love these things. My feet don't hurt when I wear them. They got the holes in them. I keep cool. Um, they got massaging um, bumpies inside. Feels like you're walking on little things of foam. I mean, like, it's just awesome. I just love it. The heel is deep well down in your heel, and it protects. It's a shock absorber. So if you're running in them or jumping in them, like if you're on a trail and you have to jump in them, um, it absorbs the shock. Um, hey, what's the... What else? Um, I'm looking for Halloween costumes <laughs> for the dogs. From when you're running, so there's no injuries, so it doesn't cause injuries. <laughs> Velcro, so it's very easy to tighten your shoe, so whenever you're running, your shoe won't fall off when you're trying to run. Ghost. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I hope you guys. I think the one eye thug is going to go as a pirate. <laughs> and like always, um, but I wish you guys go check them out. They're only seeing women here for forty dollars. There's a whole bunch of other kind of shoes that you can purchase as well. Um, there are uh, children's shoes, toddler shoes, shoes, <laughs> men's shoes, women's shoes. Anything you can think of, they got it. Um, and they're pretty cool. So, um. I hope you guys enjoy, and I will see you next time. Bye. Pirate Death. There we go. Pirate Death. Welcome back to New Day Black and Red Live from Washington, D.C. and Fort Worth, Texas. I just want to say that wearing dogs for shoes is just terrible. We do it all for you. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, New Day Black and Red uh, with the underground professor, Dr. Michael Jones, the exceptional one, Ken McClinton. We're back live. Uh, and Mary is not in my chat room. Is Mary in your chat room? Uh, she was in both, actually. Uh, she's, she's in both. I thought she was oh, in okay. yours. But I so see her in both chat rooms how, right now. This is how it works. She just asked me if I was going to address all my dogs. Huh? Yeah. She just asked me if I was going to address all my dogs as reindeer. This, uh, I need one more dog, don't I? Make all, all seven reindeer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which one's going to have the red nose? Yeah, me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too much rum. <laughs> yeah. Professor. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, tonight, tonight, the uh, good people of Florida are concerned about a hurricane, Hurricane Matthew, uh, uh-huh. which is slamming into shore. Uh, and yet, uh, members of NBC's reporting staff uh, credit the storm to global warming, and that if it oh, sure. were not for President Obama, 
and his Paris Treaty, which I, I don't know how we could support a treaty with it not going through the U.S. Senate. Uh, but if it were not for well, him supporting that, we would have more hurricanes like this. I just want your opinion, your thoughts on that. Well, we're, the Constitution says that you can't have a treaty without the advice and consent of the Senate, uh, unless the Senate abrogates its powers to the president like it did over the Iran treaty. The, uh, <clears throat> the funny thing about the left and their Green Party initiative about you know environmentalism and global warming crap uh, was they came out and they screamed about Katrina. You remember Katrina? Uh, how bad it was. Yeah. And that was all about yeah. global warming. And that was going to be the new norm for hurricanes, that, these mega mega hurricanes, right? Uh, like Sharknado and stuff. <laughs> it was what we were going to be expecting. Uh, but the simple thing is, is we then had an 11-year quiet period where we probably had any hurricanes. Yeah. And no major damage. Uh, but what I find strange is that 11 years after Katrina, and all the billions of dollars we sent to places like Louisiana to fix their problems, they're still having problems every time it rains hard. They they have flooding and they have levees, you know, breaking. And, and so where did all that billions of dollars that we sent to them go? The ones that we sent to them originally we know were wasted. But after Katrina and after all the blaming they did of George Bush, why aren't they fixed now? Yeah. They've had 11 years and billions of dollars. Uh, so, you know, I, my sympathy for them is running very low. I, <clears throat> they say that since there's a black president, no one cares about black people being killed down in Louisiana under all this. But the truth is, is that we're, we're exhausted. You know, we got all worked up about it. We sent them a lot of our money, and crime and corruption has stayed prevalent. All the... <clears throat> All the people that were responsible for the problem in the first place became millionaires, and and yet the problems still persist. And so a lot of us are thinking, why should we worry? You know, we've done our part. If they can't do it, if they don't hold their own politicians accountable, then screw them. It's their fault. And, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I'm, I'm listening to you, and – um, we both have had climatologists come on our program and say that this is actually just junk science, um, you know, basic uh, poverty stealing uh, science. Uh, it's all theory, and it's been crashed because of the uh, lies that were uh, reproduced, uh, at, or not reproduced, but produced in, in Great Britain uh, with the uh, anticipation of there being a ever-increasing uh, temperature. Uh, and it sounds like we're moving closer and closer to an ice age than we are to global warming uh, and the desert of all nations. Um, and, and so I, I want to address this question to you, and bear with me. Why is it that conservatives find it difficult to tell people that this is junk science or bad science. Uh, I don't get it. You know, what was that? Um, DiCrapio? Uh, you know who I'm talking about? The actor? <laughs> uh, Leonardo DiCrapio? Uh, he, he came out and made a statement. What's that? 
the one yeah. hanging from he the came Titanic. Out <laughs> yeah, the Titanic, which, you know, he knows about disasters, right? So he's a member of the Democrat Party. Um, but he's come out with a statement that no politicians should be elected if they're global warming deniers. Now, you know, you can say that. That's fine. If you, you know, that's political free speech. And if you want to be an idiot and exercise your constitutional right to be an idiot, go for it. But that, that backs up what I was saying earlier tonight, was that the left cannot have arguments. They cannot deal with logic. Uh, and, and so instead of saying that our science is sound and we can stand up against any argument the right puts out about global warming, instead they call for a ban on anything that disagrees with their thinking because they can't defend it. And they know the science is not real. They know it's faked for political purposes. And so instead of defending us, defending their positions with logic and science, they attack us and ban our position. And that's very successful historically for them. You know, I mean, look what I was saying on my last show, uh, the number one urban talk radio show in their universe. And it was, I was talking about how the black community only hears one thing. You know, one side of every story, yeah. from the church, from their school, from their barbershops, uh, all the way to, you know, to their families. Everybody hears one side of the story. They do not hear the conservative side, which is what's neat about you and Poindexter and Chitlins. You're bringing that to the point. <laughs> oh, thank God when you get black and red. Uh, now, there are those who say that there are a overwhelming number of scientists. Yeah. Hey, I, you're, I think you're losing your Skype. Can you Skype back to me? I will. Okay, yeah, because it's, it's, it's rastering. Oh, there it goes. There's the call lost before he could even hang up. So <laughs> I thought I was afraid of that. So hopefully we'll get another call here right off the bat and... What are you licking? Don't lick my microphone. That's gross. <laughs> yeah. What are you licking? There's nothing in front of you. What? What? <laughs> so we're waiting on the exceptional conservative to call back into the show and uh, Skype in so we can bring him up. That was terrible, the way that noise was coming in, huh? So Haitian, ha- Haiti has announced that 283 people have died from the hurricane. That is incredible. Now, I, I just don't understand. I've been in these countries, and the corruption is, is so thorough. It, it's incredible, the corruption. And they have all this money and aid that they get from America, and it all goes into their pockets instead of taking care of their people. And they live in abject poverty like you would not believe. The poverty that we have with the people on welfare and stuff, oh, my gosh. They're middle class in most of the world. In Haiti, where we screwed up big time when Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, co-presidents, screwed Haiti up like you would not believe. Screwed it up. Socialism is exactly right. And, uh, J.B., exactly right. And and so they screwed Haiti over something big time. Remember uh, – Black Hawk Down and all that, right? And the policies of the Clintons. and at, uh, I, I, I shudder to think Hillary becomes president again and 
and we have another Black Hawk Down situation here. Let me move that up better. There you go. Wonder what that. I'm not used to having that streak of light like that on my screen. I don't know why it's doing it tonight. But um, they get all this money, and they. Oh, is Ken calling? No, Ken's not calling. He hasn't called back in on the Skype. I mean, he might be playing a commercial and then calling me after that. Sometimes he does that so that I don't have to listen to the commercials. But um, 283 people died from a hurricane that blew through. That's inexcusable for a government to allow that. You know, in America, in Florida, let's say, that hurricane goes through, you might have four or five people die from it. And, and usually they're old people who refuse to leave their houses and would have been saved had they obeyed the, you know, the abandonment orders where they were supposed to leave and go somewhere safe, and they choose not to. But you don't have 200 people die from a hurricane in this country, and that's because we take care of our people. And, and the corruption is different in our country than it is in places like Haiti and, and Mexico and we wouldn't have the immigration, illegal immigration problem in our country either if Mexico wasn't so corrupt a government. And these things are lost in the arguments. They're not brought up because we're afraid of being called racist or we're afraid of being called, you know, whatever. I don't know what they call us, uh, xenophobic or racist or anti-immigrant. I mean, they got all kinds of crap they call us. But the simple fact is, there's a lot of money on the table, and it's not going to the people of Haiti to feed them. It's not going to give them health care, and it's not going to build the infrastructure to keep people safe during storms like this. And it's exactly what it was intended for. It's where it should have been in the first place, and it's not. So uh, there's, like, stories that we're seeing out of Florida where mobile home people, you know, it's like mobile homes are, uh, are magnets for storms, tornadoes, and hurricanes. And these people are living in their mobile homes. They're riding it out instead of leaving because they're afraid their, their possessions would be blown away or stolen. But if, her, if Florida has deaths from a hurricane, it will be those people that refuse to leave, that, use, that refuse to go to shelters and stuff. Uh, not because we couldn't protect them and not because of corrupt government, uh, like in Haiti. And that is uh, that is sad that it happens that way. Is Ken not going to call? Mary, can you check on Ken? Uh, I told him to call back. He said he would, but I don't know that. Uh, uh, oh, good, you did tell him. Yeah, You can hear the professor. We can't hear you, Ken. <laughs> call back. I thought you were calling right back with the uh, with your Skype call. So Skype back in, buddy, so we can get you. Because uh, it says the call dropped here. Yeah. And I'm not logged into Ken's chat room. I can see it, but I'm not logged into it. So I can't type in there. But, uh... <sighs> oh, excuse me. Mary, can you tell him to call? Uh, that, that Skype has dropped him at least... At least on his end, we can't hear him anymore. And uh, uh, So there we got with that. While we're waiting on Ken to call back in, I've got a funny little song here. Let me see if I can find it. And, uh, oops. See if I can get it. It should be down here in the bottom. It's called... Uh, it's, uh, the Tsarina gave me a song a long time ago called 
Happy Birthday by the Arrogant Worms. And I found something else by the Arrogant Worms. Now, they're progressives, okay? So keep that in mind. But I like the concept of this song. It's called Wouldn't It Be Great, excuse me, Wouldn't It Be Great If Everyone Had a Gun. Here we go, One, the Angry Worms. Wouldn't it be great if everybody had a gun? Wouldn't it be great if everybody had a gun? There'd be no more crime, because everybody'd have a gun. Wouldn't it be great if everybody had a gun? Wouldn't it be great if everybody had a gun? Wouldn't it be great if everybody had a gun? We wouldn't need the police no more, because everybody'd have a gun. Yeah, wouldn't it be great if everybody had a gun? Wouldn't it be great if everybody had a gun? Had a gun. Wouldn't it be great if everybody had a gun? Had a gun. Nobody'd ever get shot, cause everybody'd have a gun. Makes sense. Wouldn't it be great if everybody had a gun? We could go out and choose things. 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 We'd all feel safe. Cause everybody have a gun Wouldn't it be great if everybody had a gun Wouldn't it be great if everybody had a gun Everyone be equal cause everybody'd have a gun Not, not me, I'd help me a rifle well, Hang on, if you got yourself a rifle then I want to get me a semi-automatic weapon You get a semi-automatic weapon and I'm gonna want an automatic weapon You get yourself an automatic weapon I'm gonna get a super automatic weapon If you get a super automatic weapon then I'm gonna get a super duper automatic oh. weapon with a CD-ROM drive. You get yourself one of those, I'm gonna get a super duper automatic weapon with a CD-ROM drive and a big old hard drive and a big guitar amp so I can play PTO. Wouldn't it be great if everybody had a weapon of their choice? Wouldn't it be great if everybody had a weapon of their choice? Wouldn't it be great if everybody had a gun? I'll be able to chase you from here to Saigon and then I'll shoot like little Nerf rockets at you and poke you in the eye because I'll have automatic like finger poking in the eye thing and I'll get myself another guitar amp. Yeah, should have ended with a big nuclear explosion, right? <laughs> yeah, I want a nuke if they're having all the. Uh, you know, the simple fact is, is if everybody was required to have a gun, there'd be fewer deaths, and they don't get it. They think that's stupid. Um, <clears throat> I um. Uh, being a professor, I have access to things that, that most people don't get access to, like diaries from the uh, 17- and 1800s, right? Uh, and public doesn't get to touch these things because they're very fragile and stuff. And so I have – there's a – every University of Texas Arlington, they have a Texas history department. Uh, and there was a lot of stuff bequeathed to the university to house and protect of Texas history. And you go into this room, and you can bring nothing with you, nothing, not even notepads and pencils. You can't take notes, nothing. You go in with nothing. You sit down. You clip a clip onto you that for static discharge, and you wear these white gloves. They bring you one thing at a time, whatever you request, for the professor, you know, because we can check out anything in the archives for research. And then we can read one thing. You have to be very careful with the pages and stuff. And uh, hold on a second, I'll tell you. And the, um, the, the and it was so neat to have access to this kind of information. Well, I was going through a whole bunch of diaries 
from the Wild West period of Texas. And one of the things I noticed was this, a trend. And I'll give you one example, but there were lots of diaries that had these kind of comments in it. Now, this one old guy, it was in his 70s, and he was illiterate, so he was telling people his stories to write down for his diary, right? It wasn't a diary, but it was a, a living history at this time. And he was telling a story that when he was a kid, people were more polite. And he's talking, you know, um, about the 1850s, 1840s, right? And he was talking about how polite everybody was when he was a kid. And he was amazed by that politeness. And he was asked, why do you think everybody was more polite back then than kids today? You know, and they said, no, not kids, everyone. And they said, well, why was everybody more polite back then? And the old man surmised, he says, well, he says, it's like this. When everybody has a gun, you look first before you spit. Now, I probably don't need to explain that, but I'm the professor, so I will. <laughs> you don't, you know, you chew tobacco, when a lot of people did back then. Uh, of course, today, that's kind of a weird thing, but uh, back then, everybody chewed tobacco, and so you spit. There were spit tunes everywhere. But when you were outside, you just kind of, wherever you were. But you looked first because you might spit and hit somebody's boots. And that guy might have a gun. And he might shoot you dead for doing it as a disrespectful action on your part. And he'd have been in his right back then to do that. Today, we, would, we, we can't even conceive that you would have a right to do that. But back then, <laughs> you know, you spit on somebody's boots and they have a gun, they might shoot you dead. So you stop and you look to make sure that where you're spitting is safe. This is extrapolated further in that you're not disrespectful to people who might shoot you back. Do I like black people? <laughs> what, what difference does that make? It's just skin color. Who cares? So the, uh, the theory here was that people were more polite in the old Wild West because they might get shot by being disrespectful. So you were polite. You tipped your hat to the ladies. Thank you. This is Olive, my latest adoption, my number six. I got five others besides her. <laughs> and uh, uh, so you tipped your hat to the ladies. You said sir and ma'am to people. You were polite. People asked you directions. You didn't tell them to screw off. You didn't flip them the bird when they pulled out in front of you with their horse and cut you off you know, and caused road rage. You didn't do any of that. You were polite and respectful. You were tolerant because you had a gun and they had a gun. And, yeah, you could shoot them, but then you had to deal with the ramifications of that. Paperwork, the sheriff coming out and having to explain it, maybe a trial. But more importantly, you just didn't want to have to do it if you didn't have to. So you showed restraint and respect on your part, and expected it from others, and you got it. Today, you don't get respect. Drive down any street. You're not being respected. Hell, you're an annoyance to the person that's in the other car because you're forcing them to have to drive if, if they have to pay attention to you. They've got more important things to do, like their cell phone or eating or changing the radio dial, putting on makeup. They don't have time to drive, and it's disrespectful on your part to force them into that position. <clears throat> but Honestly, do you think that that jackwad in the car next to you would cut you off or do those things if he thought you'd shoot him? No. Yeah. 
when you go to a gun show, and most libtards and progtards won't do that, but if they went to a gun show, do you think they would be the obnoxious progressives that they are in other cases where they go and they're rude and interrupt you? You think Tim Kaine at the presidential debate that he was just at, do you think he would have been like that if he knew everybody, if he'd have done it in Texas where everybody had a gun? No. People act differently when they think you have a gun. People who are wearing a gun act differently too, by the way, because I'm always armed. I'm a Texan. I always have a gun on my hip. And I always have to think that I can't lose my temper because if I lose my temper, I might draw my weapon. I might just beat the snot out of them with my fists, but if it comes out that I was armed, that may cause me problems. So I'm more tolerant of others. I have to think things through. And if people knew I was armed, they would be a little bit different too. The Republican convention that we just had in Dallas, SHR Media came, the High Plain Pundit Press came, all these guys came down. And we were watching because the law had just taken effect for uh, for uh, uh, ho 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 for open carry in Texas, and uh, Ken is still on, but his audio is terrible. I can't hear him at all over here. He, he's not on mine at all. In fact, Skype dropped him from my uh, from my thing, Mary. You might tell him that. Uh, oh, you're not in my chat room anymore, according to <laughs> to that over there. Uh, the uh, hey guest, welcome guest. Um, Tell Ken that Skype completely dropped him. There is no audio on our part for him. Uh, if he can hear me, he should have heard me say that two or three times. <laughs> uh, I noticed something, though, in the crowds. When someone, and there were very few, there might have been five or six, maybe ten people that had an open carry at the Republican convention, just to make a point, which I thought was kind of dumb. I don't want people knowing I have a gun. I, that's, that's in my favor. If they don't know I have a gun, then it gives me a chance to decide if I want to use it or not. And if I use it and they don't know I have it, it gives me a surprise advantage there as well. But if they knew I was having a gun, the argument can be made that they probably would not do the stupid things they were doing around me in the first place. I noticed the crowds and how they acted differently when someone showed up with an open pistol on their hip. And I've seen that all around Texas, wherever I've been, where open carry is being exhibited, being practiced. People are are different. They're scared of them. And I'm thinking, have you ever watched the old Wild West TV shows? The old Wild West shows had people with guns on them, and nobody flinches. No one's scared of them. They even pull them out and shoot them, and no one flinches or runs away. Why? Because the culture was used to them back then. Everybody had guns. They were hanging up on our walls, over our doors, next to our beds. We had them on our hips. People were used to it, and there were a lot less murders. Even if you adjust by per capita and all that stuff, they had fewer murders. Why? Because the bad guys are tending to be cowards throughout history, and they're afraid of getting shot. And if you look at these people, they will act differently if they think that you might shoot them. This is historically verified, and you can see it in the presence. And this is why the arrogant worms think that this is wrong, but they don't really think this out. They have an emotion about guns. 
Oh, guns are bad. Yeah, you know what? If we could ban all guns, I'd be for it. If we literally could get rid of every single gun, I'd be okay with that. As a matter of fact, I think we should all adopt Bushido and carry two swords and walk around like samurai. And if you piss me off, I'll chop your head off. Getting rid of guns won't stop violence. Man has been violent since man was created. Use stones to kill each other. We use big sticks to kill each other. Then we created sharpened stones, and then we made axes, and then we made spears. It was a long time, arrows. It was a long time before guns came around. Man was able to perfect killing man for uh, centuries, thousands of years, depending on what your history, uh, worldview history is, whether we've been around 10,000 years or 10 billion. <clears throat> man has been able to kill man quite easily. And when you look at countries that have banned guns, not only do they still have gun deaths and gun violence, but they lead in other type of murders, like by cricket bats or by knives or whatever. So it doesn't end violence. It doesn't save lives. What it does is it puts a lot of people at risk because, you know, I could use a baseball bat to defend myself as well as a gun. That's fine. But there are a lot of people that can't, like women. They can't, exactly. You just almost beat me to it, JV. Women can't do that. Oh, Ken's had so many problems, he closed his own show? Oh, that's terrible. Oh. Well, that means we only have three more minutes of radio left then. Because <laughs> my show's almost over. I got two minutes left. So, the beautiful thing about guns is just exactly like Colt said. Colt called his weapon. He didn't call it a pistol. He called it the Great Equalizer. And that's exactly what it was. It was a mass production pistol that a lot of people could afford. It wasn't a $200 gun anymore. They could get them for 20 bucks, 10 bucks. Uh, some you could buy two bits. Oh, we're running out of time faster than I thought. <clears throat> so it allowed women to protect themselves. And it allowed crippled men. You know, I'm an old disabled vet. I'm not going to get into a fight and survive it anymore. If I can get you to the ground, I probably could kill you, but... But I'm going to be in so much pain, so I don't have a chance. But with a gun, I do. It's an equalizer. It's a protector. I have a right to protect my life, my property, my family, my loved ones, and I would do that. Um, I can extend. If you call in, Mary, you can hear me on uh, archives, but you've got to call in. You can't hear me because it's about to turn you off in about 30 seconds here for the chat room. But if you call into the show real quick, then you can, but you have to call uh, 718-664-6456, and then I can talk for a few more minutes and uh, do this. So um, the next show is Sunday, 6 p.m. Central Texas time. Uh, we got the big clock set up for Sunday, two-hour show. And uh, and Boeing uh, chief, he, he the chief of Boeing aircraft, believes they can reach Mars before Musk does. So let's see. The race to Mars is on. And if anybody wants, if it's a one-way trip, I'll take it. I'll go to Mars. I want to go into space so bad, I'm willing to do it on a one-way ticket. So, all right. This is the Underground Professor signing off. Ivy is saying good night. Good night, Ivy. Say good night. And we will see everybody on Sunday, 6 to 8 p.m. And, uh, and so let me finish up this thought for the archives real quick, and then we're going to close the show down. Hey, Mary, Mary made it. All right. Iggy Mom didn't make it, though. Um, and it's this. The, the idea that 
guns are bad just because they're guns is is silly. I mean, you know, if I laid a gun down on the table, and I did this back when I could do it, uh, I can't. I, I could probably do it again because now we can have concealed carry on college campuses, by the way, in Texas. There's a lot of fruit nut professors that are afraid of that, but I'm not. I'd welcome it. Uh, the more people armed in my class, the better. Why am I not worried? Because I show my students respect, and they show me respect. These professors that are worried about guns in their classrooms are progressives, and by their nature, they don't show people respect. They are rude by nature, and they're the ones who have to be afraid. I get why they're afraid. It's a legitimate fear. <clears throat> but I used to put a gun on the table. It was an empty one I brought in, and it, as a matter of fact, it was from World War One. It was my great-grandfather's. And it's non-fireable because if you fired it, it would blow up. It's cracked, you know, and it's old and wasn't taken care of. But I would put it on the table, and I would say, this gun's loaded. It wasn't, but I'd said it. And I said, are you afraid of the gun? And there were people that would say yes. And I said, now, if no one ever touched it, would you still be afraid of the gun? And several people would say yes. I said, now, why can that gun hurt you if no one ever touches it? And they would think about that and say, well, no, I guess not. I said, well, no, because the gun will never fire unless someone pulls the trigger. It takes a human being to pull the trigger. Now, sadly, a three-year-old can do it or an 80-year-old can do it and anything in between. But a gun will never hurt anybody on its own. It doesn't say, I don't like that guy, he's black, boom. It takes somebody else with the trigger finger to do it. And so guns are not dangerous or harmful on their own, any more than fire. And you don't hear people banning matches, right, or, or automatic, uh, you know, uh, high-capacity magazine matches, which we call big lighters. Um, you don't hear a ban for that. Dan fire is a much more uh, dangerous substance than guns. And fire can kill when it's left alone and never touched. <laughs> it can grow and expand and, and catch other houses on fire and something can grow and be very dangerous. Right. Uh, but guns, no. Um, and so the sphere of guns is, is nonsense. It might be legitimate because you actually have a fear of it, but I'm saying that if our culture would adopt the idea that guns are, are healthy and safe, if we would teach people again how to use them. I mean, when I went to school, I went to school at, at, in Bembrook, Texas. Matt Drudge takes heat for tweet implying hurricane is a government lie. Oh, jeez. I don't even want to know. Um, the, when I went to fifth grade at Bembrook, Middle, uh, Bembrook Elementary School, fifth grade, I can still remember getting on my bicycle putting my gun on my back, my rifle on my back, and pedaling all the way to school, which was like 30 miles uphill. It was all broken glass, and it was in the snow uh, both ways. Fear of guns has been taught in schools for pro by progs for years. Exactly what I'm getting at here. I took my rifle to school, and the shop teacher taught us how to clean it. The math teacher talked us about 
the aerodynamics of shooting and the mathematics involved in parabolics and all those things that they brought in, you know, you know who knew, right? And and the other teachers incorporated these in their tests and their school, uh, ed, their lesson plans rather. And the uh, but we were taught how to shoot, how to clean them, how to use them, how to be safe. It was in elementary school. We were being taught these things at a low, low end, as a young end, rather. The NRA was responsible for these programs. They were teaching us this. Eddie the Eagle hadn't been invented yet, but it came out later. But what do we have in schools now? Teachers teach kids to be afraid of guns. They ask their kids if parents have guns at home, and then they report the parents. Doctors under Obamacare are required to ask you, if you have a gun in your home and to report that to the government, the government under the Obama administration has recently come out and requested, <laughs> quote unquote, gun shows to go out and videotape every license plate out in the uh, parking lot, every license plate, ostensibly to run the plates so that the cops can run all the plates to see if there's any bad guys that are showing up at the gun shows to buy guns. Let me tell you what, bad guys don't really show up to these things and buy guns. Why? Because gun checks go on a lot of them. And very few guns can be purchased without a gun, uh, without a background check. Gun show uh, dealers don't want to be in trouble any more than the rest of us on things. So they try to protect themselves liability-wise. They run these things. That gun show loophole is a myth. It's a lie passed on by the left. And, and believe me on that. If you don't, go research it. It's, it's out there. Our government wants gun show people to videotape every license plate and then run them. I don't think it's to make sure bad guys aren't showing up to buy guns. You know, for one thing, a bad guy doesn't show up because there's a lot of good guys with guns there. There's a lot of cops there. And background checks and whatnot, and they would get caught. They'd be arrested. It's hard enough to buy a gun as an honest citizen, let alone as a bad guy. They, they don't go to gun shows. They go to somebody's back, you know, the trunk of their car at, at the local grocery store where they, you know, the stock boy selling guns and drugs out of the back of it. That's where they get their guns. So they get them on the street. They don't get them at gun shows. The government wants a database of people like me. So they can put them in so they know where they need to go to get all the guns. So they can oppress us or jack with us or whatever. That's what's going on with this latest intrusion into our gun rights, which the Second Amendment is fairly – what are you doing? <laughs> it's fairly clear that government shall make no laws. That it, you know, we're, we, we, we need guns in order to have a well-regulated militia. We need guns in order to be free of government oppression and tyranny. And we have a right to defend our lives. It's a right that Congress can't give or take. It comes from God. And with that, my voice is going. So I shall say good night. And thank you so much for coming and playing. Tell your friends, click on the follow buttons, the like buttons, tell your enemies. Welcome back, JV. And the next show is Sunday, 6 p.m. Central Texas time. I am so depressed that Ken couldn't finish the show with me. Uh, looked like we were going to have a really good one. Hopefully we can 
we can come up with another one there and uh, they steal them from legal gun owners. That's exactly right, Mary. You have four doctors and none of them ask you if you have a gun. Well, they're required by Obamacare to ask the question, but my experience is that none of them are, unless they're progressives or big-time Democrats. Um, my, my experience with doctors is that they're just ignoring that. They're not checking the box one way or the other and waiting to see what the government does about it. <clears throat> so, yeah. Oh, wow. <clears throat> I'm having a hard time talking now. Uh, to, so, everybody, good night, and God bless you. Uh, it's in the paperwork when you go in. Yeah, there's that, that thing for, like, new patients and stuff. Is that what you're talking about when you fill it all out? Um, I remember seeing that box, and I just ignored the box, too. Sometimes I check them both. Sometimes I don't check any. <clears throat> but um, sometimes I check, uh, and I put a check mark, and then I write Nunya. My doctor asked me, I said, what, what's this Nunya? I said, Nunya business. <laughs> he laughed. He says, yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> he says, besides, I knew better than to ask you if you had a gun. I know already. <laughs> so anyway, all right, y'all. Oh, man. I'm losing, I'm losing it here. I'll see you guys uh, Sunday, 6 p.m. Central Texas time uh, via Contoodles. This has been copyrighted in the year of your Lord, 2016, via Contoodles. <laughs>